Here's to honor among thieves. We almost pulled it off. All my friends are heathens, take it slow. Despite what everybody thought. Wait for them to ask you who you know. They're gonna blame us for the whole thing. We're the patsies. Don't forget, we're the bad guys. leveling a temple with a single push with a philistine weapon of mass destruction named goliath the next war will be fought with these metahumans Please don't ours or theirs i want to assemble a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet Y'all jokers must be crazy. This is the deal. You're going somewhere very bad. Look at the pretty lights. To do something that'll get you killed. You might want to work on your team motivation thing. You heard of Phil Jackson? Yeah. He's like the gold standard, okay? Triangle, bitch. <laughs> what? show you my toys. We're going to the swirling ring of trash in the sky. They walk in the park. Easy peasy. Don't make me shoot you. <laughs> Biggest boss and I've been a trillis. I'm a bigger problem when I quit the Skrillex. Kicking in the dog for suicide squad. Forgive me for my wrongs, I have just begun. They're so intense.
Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screens, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us today, and let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Scott. And I'm Brent, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. All right, guys. So part two of our recording tonight. Now, we're going to go over the Suicide Squad final trailer that was debuted at Hall H at Comic-Con today. So let's get right into this puppy. I thought it was very interesting that it starts off with a very animated sequence that totally labels this trailer as a Comic-Con trailer. Yes. So it made me very curious, like, are we going to see any of this in theaters or was this trailer really just cut for Comic-Con and um, internet consumption? I think it's just the opening part is just just a shout out to Holly H. And there was only one thing. You, you hear the one thing where we hear, like, all right, lights out. I'm sure that's a line from the film. But the rest of it is, I think, purely acknowledging the fact that this is what they showed at Comic-Con. We're going to give you the high-quality right away, which they did immediately, you know, just to avoid, you know, some some bad cell phone video getting out there. And I don't think this trailer would ever, it's not like they're going to show this in the theaters with two weeks to go. See, that was my point. I think I think Brent hit on my point. I mean, I don't think there's time to rotate this into theaters yet to show it. So. And even if they did, it'd be easy enough to cut off that first frame that says, hey, all H. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. then, then it would just start off with that calm, snowy city view, which I thought was very interesting because it's not like anything we had seen in any previous trailer or TV spot. Mm -hmm. It really kind of made me think, you know, when I saw that little bit of snow, it was very subtle. I don't know why, but it really kind of brought me back to Gladiator. The one scene where, you know, they had just got done with this battle and the snow was just starting to come down. It just had a great, really kind of eerie feeling to it. Really? You and Gladiator? I kind of went Batman Returns, only because I was trying to remember the last time I remember remember snowing in a DC movie. Yeah, okay. But that was pretty cool. Uh, The city looked very calm and it was this great night view and just looked like everything was peaceful and calm and that's when you know everything's about ready to just kind of like hit the fan at that point <laughs> now it was interesting because we, we got one this trailer used to great effect the three singles that have already been released from the pop music album so the first thing we start hearing is 21 pilots heathens and we see that bar scene that we saw on the ballroom blitz trailer but we get completely different dialogue this time around because you see them all enjoying a drink it's much more like was it calmer than remember the ballroom blitz trailer being and we hear deadshot talking about here's the honor among thieves we almost pulled it off despite what everybody thought you kind of see everyone kind of begrudgingly like like you can tell that they've kind of bonded by this point yeah i mean what we do know about this scene is that it's kind of bridging between the second and third act and that's what was kind of been revealed about this so you know whatever has happened prior to this you know we've gotten little hints and pieces of it but it looks like they're just kind of like well let's have one last drink before we kind of get into the really bad stuff yeah i was just thinking about i kind of like the way that Will Smith is talking about, you know, we almost pulled it off implies they've had some kind of failure already at this point, which can't be too surprised at that, but I'm kind of wondering if they've already lost a member of the team here, because it's the Suicide Squad. Somebody's got to bite it. Yeah, you know what's always so confusing to me is every time we see the scene, they they always forget to show Slipknot, which I can't figure out. I don't think they're forgetting anything, Tim. <laughs> but also gets me is Rick Flagg's also missing from the scene as well, So, but Katana's there. So well, I, I take Rick Flagg's lack of presence there just to be because he is not a member of the squad. He he may be leading them, but he's not one of them. True. That's that's a good point. Yeah. So uh, definitely a very cool scene. You know, they did a great series of uh, looks of people just just the kind of quiet looks on their faces. They're about ready to take their drinks and all that. But when this trailer actually moves on and we see the WB and uh, DC logos, they actually cut into a series of different scenes and we actually move into Amanda Waller speaking. And 
one of the things that just jumped out at me right away is we actually see the Superman funeral scene from Metropolis from Batman v Superman. I know that kind of I don't know that kind of took me out of it because at no point do they actually mention Superman or anything like that. So I was just kind of like, whoa, okay, weird. Well, didn't they mention Superman in one of the other trailers, though? They yeah, did. well, that's like they did in the other trailers, but not in this one. I think it serves as a uh, framing device to tell you a timeline. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good, though, too, because, you know, you are you are trying to build up this universe, and, you know, this is probably one of those things they probably added after the fact, that they said, okay, you know, what can we add in there to, you know, show that this directly happens after Batman v Superman? And, and I thought it was kind of a nice touch, because, the, you know, that kind of, like, goes into the whole point of the need of the Suicide Squad, is because, you know, you don't have Superman there to save us anymore, so that it's basically the government is like, well, you know, we're going to have to figure this thing out. In fact, there's a great quote there, where Amanda Waller comes in and says, you know, we've heard all these different stories of Samson leveling a temple with a single push or the Philistine weapon of mass destruction named Goliath. And she said, you know, the point that she's really trying to make here is that the next war that's going to be fought is either going to be with these metahumans. And I assume they're talking about the ones that they want to recruit for Suicide Squad. And she said it's either going to be our metahumans or it's going to be theirs, implying that there's these other bad metahumans out there that they're going to have to battle. And so they basically have to fight fire with fire. And I wasn't even sure if that was Amanda Waller taking kind of a a preemptive strike. Like there are other metahumans out there that we don't have control over. Mm -hmm. So uh, other countries or other entities are going to get their own metahumans and we need to make sure that we've got our metahumans. Yeah, that's exactly. It's an arms race now, but with metahumans. Yeah, that is exactly how I took it. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. You know, as she's doing this dialogue, they they do some really nice editing. They show different scenes that we've pretty much already seen, but just slightly different angles or maybe slightly different cuts of it. We see Harley actually hanging from her cell uh, a little bit differently what we've seen before. Nothing really new there. Except for Margot Robbie is absolutely beautiful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's nothing new. Uh, We have Killer Croc actually laying down in his cell. And what I thought was real interesting about it is he's actually holding a mouse in his right hand and he's kind of like looking at it. So he doesn't, he's just kind of almost to me looking at the mouse as like a pet. Well, it's that idea of, you know, I think they're going to play Killer Croc kind of as that sort of quiet giant kind of character. You know, I'm not really sure. We know he's cannibalistic, mm-hmm. but I almost wonder, does, I mean, does he just eat people who are bad to him? <laughs> you know, because, you know, different interpretation of Killer Croc, you can be more or less sympathetic with him at different points. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if he's going to be a more sympathetic Killer Croc in this film. Yeah. They actually had a can of Budweiser sitting next to him in his cell. So it seems like they, you know, however they have these people locked up, they're at least giving him some kind of things that just provide some comfort to him. Now, isn't his cell in Arkham? It, it, haven't we've had some sort of writing that have, has established that? No. The only two that are in Arkham are actually Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh, okay. Thank you. The rest of them are in Belrev. Okay. I actually thought Harley was in Belrev also, but Arkham would make more sense. Mm-hmm. Well, and then it's interesting because then the uh, soundtrack shifts to Sucker for Pain, and that's when we get that, you know, that great line, I want to assemble a task force of some of the most dangerous people on the planet. Even though we get a really cool sort of up, sh- you know, downward facing shot of her at that dinner table where I assume that's where we've been seeing her eating the steak with the military mm-hmm. guys and she slaps down this giant binder with of course with top secret plastered all over it. Yeah well and of course you know we go on and they just show a ton of scenes that we've already seen before but we did get a little new one which was quite fun. It shows uh, the Suicide Squad actually in a Chinook uh, heading towards essentially where this big entity is causing all this havoc and you could see these this light kind of rising up in the sky off in a distance and she looks out the Chinook and she goes oh look at all the pretty lights. Yeah, and that, and once again, it gives us a little bit more information about their mission with with telling us absolutely nothing. You know, does anybody else get the feeling like it 
some sort of portal or something? I mean, do we have any speculation about what that thing is in the sky? None really. Uh, at least in this trailer, it's kind of revealed that at first there was this light kind of coming out, reaching up in the sky, and then suddenly it starts accumulating all the stuff. And it the, it was described as like this garbage floating around the top of this this little light or portal, you know, whatever you want to call it. So really, we still have no clue. But I, I think the the idea of a portal is is real interesting, especially when we kind of take into consideration how this might fit into the bigger picture of what's happening in the DCEU. Yeah, I, that's the thing that gets me is there's got, they've mentioned in previous interviews that there is lots of connective tissue to BVS mm-hmm. and that there's connective tissue to the DCEU in general. And I just, I, I cannot see this slipping by. I, this has to be connected. Yeah. Being a portal, I mean, obviously with BVS, it makes you think of apocalypse and boom tubes, things like that. But to me, it does not look like, I mean, I guess all we saw was a boom tube in a vision with the flash and BVS, but it does not look the same to me, leading me to think if it is a portal, it's something different, maybe magical in nature. I mean, Enchantress is in this, for example. It, at the same time, they are supposed to have all the connections. Had I not seen the funeral, like had they not showed the funeral scene of Superman prior to this point, I would have even questioned if it had something to do with the fight against Doomsday. Hmm, interesting. Well, I mean, it seems like this is occurring in Midway City, which we understand to be now somewhere between Gotham and, and Metropolis, which there's not that much space between them. So I just assume it's kind of off to the side. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought, too. Yeah. Well, you know, who knows? <laughs> that's what's great about this. We really still have no idea. And that's what how I want it to stay. Yeah. We had that great scene with, this was like something we had not seen yet, with between Rick Flag and Deadshot. That was where we had seen prior to this, where Rick Flagg was saying, you know, if you're, you know, you're going into something pretty bad, you're going to be doing something that's going to get you killed. And this is where perfect Will Smith, and I get to see this as a lot of improv. He says, uh, you might want to work on your team motivation thing. <laughs> he says, you heard of Phil Jackson. He's like the gold standard, okay? <laughs> he talks about triangle, talking about the triangle offense, I think. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, can I be completely honest here? Yeah. Who's Phil Jackson? Oh my gosh. Uh, he's the probably the most winningest championship NBA coach of all time. He was a long time. Oh, Explain basketball, yeah, yeah. And no, no wonder, no, no, no clue about basketball. Okay, thank you very much. You know, but that was classic Will Smith there, and if that was improv, great. What struck me is he, Will Smith, also says, "Y'all jokers must be crazy," and the use of the word "joker" I feel is deliberate. Mm-hmm. It, it just doesn't feel like in any other movie you wouldn't think twice about it, but in a movie with a character called the Joker, I don't know. It just seems like an odd choice of words there. But you know, we've heard that line before. But what's interesting is that this time the shot in the trailer shows that he's talking to Waller. Waller's standing right there next to him, which Mm -hmm. was never seen in the previous trailer where that line appeared. And wasn't that, wasn't Will Smith holding a gun at that point? Yes, because as we've learned, he's kind of getting his Second Amendment rights reinstated. (laughs) I think he's commenting on the fact that they're actually giving the man a gun. Oh, yeah. That was my, my like, first level thought about it, but just the deeper, I was like, why would they use that word, jokers? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, you know, it makes you wonder if they, you know, of course, Joker's on everyone's mind as they're putting the script together and writing it. But, uh, you know, is there so basically what your question is, there's something a lot more deliberate about it. And who knows? I don't know. I wonder if Harley, if she hears that, will have like a visible reaction, like something on her face that they would show. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Well, because we know um, if there's anyone that Harley Quinn has ever kind of had at least some kind of like partial relationship with in some of the other representations that we've seen on the screen is, is actually with Deadshot. Yeah, because that was both in the Assault on Arkham movie and also in the New 52 Suicide right. Squad 
side, yep. Pomic Ryan. So yeah, and we saw those little kind of flirty glances at each other in a previous trailer as well. And I think actually in this one they showed it as well. I like the extended little bit between Boomerang and Diablo because it looks like Diablo's got like some sort of. I, I, I wonder if he like creates this fire image to try to scare Boomerang, and then and Boomerang just goes, "You're the fire bloke, eh?" And he, well, looky, fire. <laughs> I was I was wanting to see, but I'm glad we didn't because I bet we're going to see Diablo just blow something up right then. Yeah. Just to throw it in his face, you know, that's not fire. This is fire. <laughs> well, I, I kind of get the sense with Diablo that, you know, in this interpretation there, he's really, really, really reluctant to use his powers because, you know, at least in terms of the backstory, he has a lot of guilt about what happened with his family because of the powers. And I bet you they're going to kind of play off on that here as well. And uh, it, it just seems like Boomerang was just kind of taking him to the edge and he just kind of held back just enough. But, you know, at some point he's just going to really lose it. <laughs> well, and to be honest, you know, there's, you know, and we get, we get that great line of obviously Deadshot looking at Boomerang and saying, don't make me shoot you, which I'm sure that's a feeling almost everyone has on that team. But then the other thing is that at this point in the trailer, they're playing uh, Skrillex and Rick Ross's purple Lamborghini. Mm-hmm. And we're just seeing a whole bunch of footage we've already seen before. But it's so weird because being cut with this song, it gives me a feeling like I haven't seen the footage before. Mm-hmm. Now, did either one of you feel that way or am I just crazy? I mean, I felt like that to some degree, but I mean, we actually got a lot more context between the Boomerang and Diablo encounter here. And so we actually got to her here, at least Boomerang side of it. And so that definitely made the whole scene feel a little bit differently to me because in the past, it seemed like that confrontation was uh, really basically put between Deadshot and Diablo. And now it looks like we have multiple confrontations. But even like all the classic scenes of like Harley being dunked in the acid and the Batmobile and all Mm -hmm. of that, all these scenes we've seen like five or six times before. I don't know. Just it, it once again, it shows what difference music makes to a trailer because it still felt like a different kind of Suicide Squad trailer. Even from the fact that the, that the trailer ends advertising the soundtrack. <laughs> I know, that was pretty cool, actually. You know, one of the other things I just really loved about this is we actually got to hear a lot more of Boomerang talk. And being able to hear Jai Courtney use his native accent, I, I thought was just really special because it really just, he just felt like a much more natural actor to me. I don't, how did you guys feel about that? Yeah, it felt very natural and he just feels like he's going to be a big sarcastic character uh, especially you know the way with the fire and stuff I think it's going to be fine I, I liked it yeah. well and the more I've been going back and reading Ostrander's run I mean he he is boomerang the way Ostrander wrote him mm-hmm. obnoxious and disliked mm-hmm. yeah I mean this is uh, I really liked this trailer and you know I'm sure this will be the one so many people see maybe not necessarily in the theaters but you know and people that are on the internet looking at Suicide Squad this is probably one of the more comprehensive ones and I just like so much the idea that they really didn't give us a whole lot of new stuff. And even some of the stuff that was new in here actually had come out and through some of those character trailers as well. So they did a fantastic job of really telling us very little about this whole film. And that's the best thing, because I think what this does is that it keeps people who are already excited about this movie excited. Mm-hmm. With the music that's included, that's re- that's reaching a uh, whole new demographic uh, you know, of people who really enjoy you know, maybe that brand of music and so maybe that will draw some ears into this. I really see this as kind of like the last ditch effort of we got two weeks left before this movie releases. Let's hype up as much interest as we can. Yeah. So that portal that we actually saw in this, uh, as you described it, there's that one view from the trailer where you could see actually all that trash floating around at the top. It really kind of made me think of Man of Steel when the world engine was coming and it was pulling all that stuff up into the air. It really kind of had that same kind of feel to me. You're right. You are totally right. 
right. You know, when the gra- like every time the gravity wave hit. Yeah. Oh. But I mean, I'm not saying it's connected, but I mean, it, it just it, it's so interesting how that happened. Are we sure that was all trash in the air? Well, it was described as trash. I mean, that was the line. I think uh, was it Will Smith said that you know we're heading towards that. It's Rick. It's Rick Flag. Was it Rick Flag that said that? It's Rick Flag who says that. It's also a trailer where audio is not always going to match the video. That's true. Definitely true. But I mean, he distinctly says you know we're we're going towards that swirling ring of trash in the sky. So yeah, I mean, take it for what it is. But um, but it, I you know we also can kind of infer that you know as they're approaching this big so-called ring of trash in the sky, that's when their Chinook goes down and. We actually saw in this trailer that it was a tentacle that kind of shot up from somewhere and actually struck the Chinook that actually crashed down. And we assume it's theirs. It could have been, you know, somebody else's Chinook as well that, that aren't really relevant to the story. And we even got a longer look at that creature in the subway tunnel. And I still can't tell what that creature is. Yeah, we did. We got a great look from behind. But yeah, it looks like nothing that I can relate to from any of the DC canon. Yeah, I couldn't tell what it was either. So it seems like the story is generally this. There's something that's starting to happen. What we've learned from some of the interviews is some people are arrived on a scene. They they tried to take care of it. They all got wiped out. Then the military went in and they got wiped out. And then that's when the government came in and put the Suicide Squad together to send these guys in that have these special abilities. And they do that in conjunction with Enchantress to some degree. And so that's what this movie really seems to be about is actually this mission of them actually going in to still try to confront whatever this is. And it seems like it actually starts off with this guy in the subway that we don't know who it is. And so, but beyond that, it's like we don't know anything after that. Like, we don't know what's going to happen. We don't. We know that at some at point there's these other creatures, these eyes of the adversary that get involved, but <laughs> we know nothing. We know that, of course, you know, Joker is going to intercept into this movie and, and basically upset whatever plans that the Suicide Squad had or Amanda Waller, and that's going to throw a big wrench into everything here. But beyond that, like, uh, it's just a fantastic job. We're going to go into this thing almost blind for a large part of the movie here. Thank God. That's what I got to say. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. I love going into a movie blind. Yeah. So, I mean, what, what are you hoping to get out of this film, Scott? A rollicking good time. <laughs> I mean, I, I want I want action. I want fun. I want, you know, I'm really looking forward to uh, that Joker-Harley relationship. Mm-hmm. And I want some obnoxious Captain Boomerang. Yeah. That's, that, I mean, that's what I want from this movie. And I got two weeks wait to find out if I get it. Yeah. How about Brent? How about you? Fun is definitely the word I would use. I know a lot of people talked about that after BVS saying have more fun, things like that. I want Suicide Squad to be the movie that I say is at least for this first round of movies that they've announced I want this to be the one that I feel like is the most fun mm-hmm. I just I want to come out of it having had a great time and ready to see it again two or three more times in theaters yeah, yeah I kind of feel about the same way as well as what you guys said now uh, you know I want to talk to you about my feelings on fun uh, what you know when I talk about wanting it to be fun I want it to be fun kind of in the context of the the world that they've kind of established like I don't want jokey fun I want fun as in like kind of a dark humor type of fun and it seems like that's mostly everything that we've seen in here. I just, I'm with you as well, Scott. I I just want to see just a bunch of intersecting characters and a bunch of conflicting personalities intersect and just, you know, just create all this unpredictability. I mean, I loved one of the things that David Ayer really said about Suicide Squad and he goes, that's what you love about writing a story about these bad guys is you don't really know where they're going to end up. The good guy, you kind of know what their arc is. You know where they're always going to land. You know what their intentions are going to be when they face a situation. With these guys, you have no clue. And, you know, when you look at the squad here, I think you have a, a pretty wide range of kind of like the good of the bad guys. And then you've just got some guys that are just just the worst of the worst. And, you know, obviously, I think at one end, that's going to be Joker. But I have a feeling we're going to see some pretty nasty stuff for some of these other guys. Like, I, I'm betting that Slipknot is a is pretty nasty guy in this. And then when he dies, we'll, we'll cheer. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's essentially it. You know, you you're doing this very complex thing with an audience is you're you're trying to get them to immediately latch on to people that are just supposed to be bad. So I think they're going to do that pretty effectively through just giving a little bit of backstory and just maybe kind of driving home the point that even people that do very bad things ultimately are still human. Like they still have things that kind of make them part of the human race. Wow, Brent, that was deep. <laughs> what did you think of that, Thad? <laughs> Honestly, I'm just wondering if Slipknot is going to be the only casualty. <sighs> I hope not. That's that's another thing. I don't want there just to be the one token squad member that bites Yeah, it. but who else? I mean, who else do you think it could be? Like, I think all of these other characters are, I think they've kind of established that there's a lot of, there's a lot to like about all these other characters. And I don't know at this point. All the more reason to off one of them. Yeah. If, if you don't like the character, then killing them is pointless. You have to like yes. the character for the death to actually mean something. And no, they're not going to kill Will Smith. He's too big of a name. So you, you have your, your untouchables as far as who is safe. But for example, Killer Croc, I would not say he was safe. He is somebody they could kill while at the same time they could get to establish him as somebody that the audience likes, build him up, and then off him in the third act. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think if there's one more person that might bite it, I think it would be Diablo. And the reason being, he's going to come off as somebody like very likable here. Like he's got like a genuine type of, like a kind of a good side to him ultimately. And I think he's going to be the one that isn't going to be off because he's not following orders, but he's he would be the kind of person that would probably sacrifice himself at the end. Because his storyline is all about trying to redeem for like the awful stuff that he's done. And I could see that this could be a chance for him to, you know, redeem himself. Okay. Well, guys, we got two more trailers to talk about tonight. <laughs> so I think we need to wrap it up on this one. Do you agree? Yeah, I think so. Yep. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Like we said, we will be coming back with some Wonder Woman and Justice League talk later on. So, but for right now, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, share your thoughts on the newest Suicide Squad trailer, talk about what questions you have leading up to the movie, you can, of course, tweet us at Suicide Squadcast. That's the quickest way to get in touch with us. I can be reached individually at ScottDC27. And I can be reached at Alan Fire on Twitter. And I am at Real underscore Brentech. And of course, you can always email the show at SuicideSquadcast at gmail.com. And we do answer all tweets and emails. Yeah, and if you'd like, leave us a positive review on iTunes and you'll be eligible for a 1 in 10 chance to win a DC Trade paperback $15 or less. So, that's it. Let's go ahead and close this one out and we will be dropping another episode after this to go over either Justice League or Wonder Woman. So, all right. Well, that's it, guys. We're going to call this episode to an end and we will see you in a little bit. Bye, guys. See you later. You want to know my name to go and tell us You want to know my game, Suicide Squad. Pistol on my waist, I might make a mistake. Headshot, headshot, oh my God, am I crazy? Drugs every corner, this is Gotham City. Killer crop, can't even kidnap you to cut out your kidney. All right, guys, you know, the one thing that really kind of bugs me about this whole deal is, you know, they've done a lot to kind of build up Harley and Joker and Amanda Waller and Rick Flagg and Deadshot and all that. But they've hardly given us anything about Slipknot. And it's really starting to bug me. I wish they would kind of give us a little bit more about him. Let us know what he's all about. Well, you know, we kind of were just talking about how we think he's going to be the one to bite it. But let's just go ahead and take him off the board right now. You mean just get him out of the way? Yep, just do it. All right. Nothing personal, Slipknot. Slipknot.